درود Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Podcast. This is officially episode 28 of the podcast. I've made an executive decision. Um, I'm joined by my good friend Jeff Radosevich, as always, on the majority of these podcasts. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. Uh, Good to have you on again. Um, So we, we recorded a podcast last night where we were talking about wrestling and I have it ready to go, but I sort of wanted to actually wait until we did today's podcast first because um, I feel like the stuff we're going to talk about is a little more timely, and I and I feel that our return from hiatus since I, I want to say Thanksgiving that we should start out with something current and then um, and then we can delve into some other stuff. So um, speaking of other stuff, I, I just mentioned wrestling. Um, Jeff and I have been chatting quite a bit lately about, uh, doing more stuff on current events. Um, we, we had, I, I would say we had a really good, uh, a good discussion on, on, on a current event in the past. I'm not even going to mention what the, the topic was. You're going to have to go back into the archives and, and find that at whatpodcast.com or whatpodcast.net. They both go to the same place. Um, you can also find us on SoundCloud. Um, and with, without further ado, first and foremost, Happy New Year to all of you, including you, Jeff. Um, it is Tuesday, January the 3rd, 2017. I almost said 16. Um, it's probably inevitable that myself and many other podcasters out there will completely botch the year that we're in. Uh, may, maybe for the first couple of months of the year, that's pretty common on a lot of podcasts uh, that I'll that I'll just turn on and it'll they'll just be like, oh, 2016. I'm like, nope, nope, 2016 was last year. Um, so what are we here to talk about? You may be asking yourself. We are here to discuss local sports, and by local, I mean Bay Area sports. And we we actually did do a little bit of uh, of a pregame here in preparation for this podcast. Um, we're going to talk about our local teams. We're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about primarily the Oakland Raiders who are playoff bound. They're, they're, they're playing in a wild card game this weekend. Um, we will touch a little bit. I will touch a little bit in particular on the, uh, dreadful San Francisco 49ers. Um, and then, and then from there, we're going to talk a little bit about baseball. We're going to talk about our Oakland A's and, uh, a recent signing as of tonight, that they just made, and uh, we'll, we'll wrap up with some hoop talk. We'll talk about basketball. We'll talk about the Golden State Warriors and uh, the Sacramento Kings because this is uh, this is Northern California, and I, you know, even though the Kings have play pretty woeful basketball, I do consider them to be part of the local team family, and they're a team that I wish I could see their games on television more often because I would watch them. Um, Jeff, you you can attest to this. The the, the Warriors Kings rivalry is really fun and really unpredictable. 
Yeah, it really is. I remember not too long ago, maybe even like uh, three years ago or something, even though my team was dreadful back in those days and kind of still is. Um, yeah, whenever it came to the Kings and uh, Warriors, just for some reason, those two would play one of their really good games against each other. And, um, you know, you can pretty much throw out the records when they face each other. You're going to get some good basketball. Yeah, it, it's just unpredictable. I mean, I, I remember there was a game a couple of years ago where the, the Kings beat the, the Warriors home like a buzzer beater to end the game. Um, and, and I've seen vice versa. I mean, I remember back in the Monte Ellis days, you know, um, there, there was a game where Monte, it, it was like an inbound buzzer beater to win the game. And it was just like, oh my God, that's, that's incredible. And you just, you go into those games and you have no idea that it's going to happen and it can go either way. And it does. Um, that is when I say that's an unpredictable rivalry, I'm not joking. I'm not kidding when I say that, but we will talk more about basketball at the end of the podcast. Jeff, you are a diehard Oakland Raiders fan. I am. I'd say that. You, on one hand, I'm sure you are stoked that your team is in the playoffs, albeit it's a wild card game, but it is the Texans. Um, on the other hand, you, you probably have some mixed mixed feelings going into this because... You guys have lost Derek Carr to um, uh, a broken fibula in one of his legs. He broke his leg. So where where are you at as a fan right now with with what you've seen from the Raiders and um, what do you what do you foresee happening this weekend first and foremost? And okay. do you think that with the Raiders team right now that they that they pose a chance and, and you know i know i know there's like a backup quarterback a guy named cook is it yes. aaron cook or something not aaron cook that's an actor uh, Con- connor cook is yeah uh what's that connor cook connor that's cook okay i don't yes. want to botch his name again um connor cook he's a rookie quarterback he's gonna be starting um and mm-hmm. they're they're throwing him out in the fire and it, it's gonna be up to this kid in my opinion to get on the same page with amari cooper and michael crabtree i mean that that to me is the most important thing that this guy can do. So I want to get your thoughts because I can sit here and analyze this from afar, but um, it's going to be more so armchair analysis uh, that that's coming from the position of like a casual observer. Whereas mm-hmm. you're, you're watching the games. Um, I think you have a much better insight into the day in day out with the Raiders. So the floor is yours, sir. Please talk about the Oakland Raiders. Okay, well, just so I can nail all the points, um, my questions were pretty much uh, my feelings, how far I think they may go, and then one more thing, or what was my my three basic questions? Just so well, I, know I, I mean, can nail and, all and like, what do you think of this this quarterback? This quarterback, okay, because this is going to lead into um, more talk about Derek Carr. I, I do, okay, yeah. I do want to get your thoughts on something that Bill Romanowski has has advocated for, and you may already know what I'm talking about. You may not. I think so. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, we'll get there though. Are, are you familiar um, with what I'm talking about there? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll I get there. So. We'll get there. Okay. A little tease for you guys, the listeners. Um. <laughs> so the floor is yours, sir. I'm going to okay. shut up now. Well, I'm yeah, going to mute myself. I mean, actually, I can pretty much say for everybody that's a Raider fan, like it's been very, very long since we had a taste of the playoffs and um, like this season has been great. It's 
one of those like I was not expecting this at all. I think Kayvon and I touched base on this a while ago where I believe uh, I think I said like the Raiders could be like an eight and eight team or nine and seven team and to have them, you know, be in the playoffs and have a outdo themselves with their record. It's mind boggling. I can't believe it. But even though we are in the playoffs, everybody knows that our quarterback went down. We are at a kind of, uh, I don't know, a big handicap, I guess you can say. Um, I don't know the best terminology for this, but um, I'm kind of neutral when it comes to the playoffs right now, just because, yes, I'm happy we're in, but it's kind of like, well, what's the point? We don't really have a quarterback we don't really have that that fire that's we that we once have so i'm in a way this is probably a, a horrible analogy for this but i i just kind of feel like i or maybe just like a metaphor for how i'm feeling in that like i i feel we just kind of deserve like a participation award in a way like hey we made it and that's pretty much it because I, I i don't know i really don't want to see this team play just on how horrible they did on week 17 against the Broncos in Denver. Oh, the participation award. I'm laughing so hard at this. Yeah. Like I, like it's been, we, what, we, 13, we talked about this years. last night when we were talking about wrestling and <laughs> yeah. Oh the yeah. Participation that's right, yeah. Award. You didn't <laughs> win, but here you go. Nice try. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I feel like that's, that's really what it could be. Like we're, yes, we made the playoffs. We got the wild card. And we're going up against, you know, a Texan team, which isn't too great, but they did win their division. They were good enough to win their division. So, you know, I know anything can happen. Um, Connor Cook looked looked decent, but like I said before, um, just happy they got in. I'm not expecting too much. Um, they're... I am still maybe 50-50 on their chances of winning um, just because it's the Texans. And... Gosh, I can't even remember if they faced him this year or not, but... Don't they have an awful quarterback? Um, Brock Osweiler, Osweiler. I I saw that he's starting. I mean, from everything I've read, you know, casually this year, he's been garbage. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, I really think the only decent thing about them is, I think, their defense, but... Um, I don't know. I, I'm just... I'm I'm 50-50. Even though Carr... Even though Carr did go down, I'm still you know, at that kind of neutrality position, if they do win, even if they lose or win, like I'm going to have pretty much the same probably feelings just because I know if they do win against the Texans, they're not going far. It's going to be, um, if they do win, they'll just be out the next game. So like, I don't know. I'm probably, you know, more of a, I'm going to look down the line and see how far we can go. We're not going to go that far. Therefore I'm not really going to get too excited about this. Like I said, just happy that we participated in the playoffs. So, hooray. That's my victory. Maybe we can come back again next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's something that, that they can easily build upon should they exactly. not make it Correct. that far yeah. in the playoffs. But again, it's mm-hmm. like, didn't like another three or four guys go down in the same day that Carr went down? So, I mean, what, what I'm getting at is is injuries can, can just yeah. throw a team for a loop. I mean, like you're mm-hmm. seeing with the Raiders here. Um, so I, I, I want to ask you what, 
you think about what Bill Romanowski said about how I think if we get Derek Carr a hyperbaric chamber that he could be back on the field in about two weeks. I, um, I, I mean, I don't know enough about hyperbaric chambers, but if in fact they can promote this kind of healing, why doesn't every single sports, like professional sports franchise provide them for their injured players? I mean, instead, like with these football players, a lot of times they just hop them up on painkillers and send them out there. Mm -hmm. But if this is something that can legit promote that kind of rapid healing, especially in this case where you've got, you know, your star quarterback, don't you think that they should be taking a gamble on something like that and trying it out? I mean, like, what, what, what what was your reaction when you saw that from Romo? My reaction was... Stop trying to force players to like it, it would be amazing if he could heal that quick and do all that stuff. But I'm at the point right now where once he went down, once we knew that it was a broken bone, I immediately thought, OK, let's just cut our losses. Let him heal. We'll come back next year. Let's just drop this year. Let's see what we got. Let's see who we can cut this year after like when the when the season is all over. Let's just play our guys, see who's who's worthy to keep, see who's worthy of an extension, et cetera, et cetera. Just do you, do you think they do you think they bring back most of the same guys? I mean, they it, it, it by all by all accounts, it seems like they got a solid team with the exception of maybe some shaky defense. I mean, I I think that's really the 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 glaring hole for the Raiders from everything that I've read. Yeah, you know, again from afar, it's just one of those topics that I've, you know, I, I've seen it repeated over and over throughout the course of the season that their defense is what is allowing all these other teams to make the game so close because, you know, it, I, I don't know. I mean, like, and they're getting away; they got away with it because they had good offense, and, they, and that started with the quarterback that can move mm-hmm. the ball down the field. That's that's that is his skill; is he can get that ball down the field, and that. You know, as a Niner fan, I'm like, okay, let's bring in a quarterback that can do this, and mm-hmm. let's also protect him. I mean, the Raiders have a pretty good O line now, don't they? Oh yeah, that's one of the best, if not the best. That's and that's why they were able to protect him for the most part. I mean, granted, he went down, exactly. but that that was the key glaring hole with the 49ers in the mid 2000s all those years that they had Alex Smith and everybody was like oh Alex Smith sucks and it's like well you can't protect him he hikes the ball and two seconds later he's getting decked like he doesn't even have a chance to plant his feet half the time like how the fuck are you gonna blame the quarterback for that I mean it's like and yeah and you see what he's done with Kansas City you know he's not a Peyton Manning that's gonna blow you away but he's a fucking smart quarterback and um you know, you put the right pieces around a guy. It's like you gotta, you have to evaluate what kind of character you've got, what kind of strengths and weaknesses your players have. You know, both on the field and off the field, and you gotta work with that. You gotta work within those parameters and say, you know, for instance, the Raiders are building around Derek Carr. They're building around um, it's Murray, Latavius Murray, right? Correct. Yes. And and they're building around Amari Cooper. They're building around, and, and, and these are the big names that I know. There, there's a lot of names on this team that I don't know. Um, you know, you got Michael Crabtree, but granted, he's a he's a, a big-name player, and 
Those guys come and go. You know, I mean, if Crabtree leaves, they can bring in another veteran wide receiver. I mean, you see it all the time. The Niners did it with Anquan Bolden, and, and they didn't use him, and they've got Torrey Smith, and they really haven't used him. But um, what, what I'm saying is these guys are a dime a dozen. You know, I mean, Crabtree's been great for you guys, but I, as a Niner guy, I never fully was sold on Crabtree just because of character. He always seemed like kind of a diva. Um, and I don't know if Raider fans get the same vibe off of him or if just winning kind of cures all or what. But um, and, I, and I know he, he criticized the 49ers for not having a quarterback that can, get, that can get him the fucking ball, which I'm with him on that, you know. Um, so I, I just kind of danced around in a circle there with a million things. I'm just going to hand the floor over to you and you can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. Um, goodness. Um. Yeah, I mean, continuing off the Raiders, I, I just kind of looked this up and seeing that the they, they did play the Texans earlier this year at home, and they won 27-20, to 20, so it was a close game. Don't remember that game too much. I guess it was not so memorable, but um, yeah, and then, you know, I mean, cars down, um, we saw what McGloin can do, and just when he came in, against the Colts and through that pass to Amari Cooper, which was in like the tightest window, a stupid, stupid throw. He was so lucky that Amari Cooper came down with that. But right when he threw that pass and somehow Cooper caught it, I knew we were in for a long day the, uh, the next week against the Broncos. Cause if he was making throws like that, I knew the week 17 game was going to be cringeworthy. And sure enough, it was so, and again, I do not remember how long McGloin's been with the team. I think maybe since like 2013 or 2014. He's just been kind of that that backup. And with what I saw from Cook, like he looked, I think, decent in the preseason. He's, you know, got a lot of stuff he needs to work on. And it pretty much proved in the game against the Broncos for a, you know, a real deal game against starters. So, you know, Cook, he's he's got... He's got a chance to win. Um, I'm just going to kind of go back and saying, you know, I'm, I'm still 50-50, even though it's not Derek Carr. Um, I, I'd rather Cook start than McGloin from what I've seen. I'm kind of done with McGloin. I feel like that was his last shot. If he has an expiring contract, why? I'd, why I'd did they go. still have that guy? Because he was kind of a holdover from the previous era. And I, I just... When I saw his name, I'm like, his name just does not fit in with this team. I'm sorry. I don't care how much you try to butter him up. He's mm-hmm. not a Reggie McKenzie Raider. I, I I don't know about you, but like just perception-wise from afar, I feel like there's a difference between the guys that were there already versus the guys that have recently been brought in. Like another guy yeah. that I that I've always criticized and I've always called him Butterfingers was Michael Rivera. I don't know if oh, he's yeah. been better. Mm-hmm. But I, I just remember a couple of years ago when I was still really watching football, and I think it was maybe Carr's first year, two years ago. And, you know, he, he had many chances, you know, the ball's thrown to him, they're right there, and they just slip out of his fingers. And um, he was one of those guys that, that I think, I'm pretty sure he was he was one of the guys that was hired and drafted before McKenzie was in the picture, but I'm not 100% certain on that. And... 
you know, the reason why I highlight that is is the guys high, brought in before the McKenzie era were guys that could run, you know, pretty fast in a straight line. And, you know, like, like those were the things that Al Davis really valued. And in the 60s and 70s and, and maybe the 80s, a lot of that shit worked. But that was 30, 40, and 50 years ago. And, you know... The game has more that we... I mean, I, I don't even want to say the game has evolved. It's more than evolved. It's just it's a completely different game now. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do, do, you think, do you get that vibe, too? Like, old Raiders versus current Raiders? I mean, it, it seems like it's a completely different identity. And that you would want to shed the old one as fast as you fucking can. Oh, no. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, yeah, you can definitely see when it's... McKenzie taking over this team and seeing who he brought in, seeing who he, you know, got rid of or did not, you know, extend a contract to or whatever. I, I'm definitely getting like a, a new Raiders vibe. And just like you said, as quickly as we can kind of shed that old skin and, um, you know, show off a, a brand new skin, I'm all for it. And like definitely with this team, maybe even uh, you know last year with Del Rio, like you you're seeing, you're seeing a team that's having fun. And when like I've gone to my my parents have season tickets, and every every year I think since Mackenzie got in, um, season ticket holders have the chance to go to a training camp game. And I remember going there like the last two, I think the last two years and, or no, last three, because I remember Dennis Allen being there. And you can, just in the preseason, you can see the difference in everybody that was out there when it comes to um, Dennis Allen and, and Jack Del Rio. Just the body language, the practices, everything that they did was just like a complete flip. And... Yeah, I mean, as little as you've been watching over the past few years, like it's it's nice to see somebody who doesn't even watch a lot of football, I guess, you know, let alone the Raiders, since, you know, you're kind of more of a, a Niner fan. Um, it's nice to see that with as little as you see on the Raiders or just hear about them or highlight videos or whatever it is, as little as you see and you can see the difference. That's I think that's huge. Well, I, look, man, I I see my fair share. I mean, it, it's like it, the the thing is, is like, look, I what I, what I say, I don't really watch. I mean, I'm physically not watching the games. I don't I don't wake up on Sunday and say, oh, it's football day anymore. I mean, like those those days, at least for now, for the foreseeable future, those days are do not exist for me. But I still see all the articles on the Raiders and the Niners and all the teams around here. In my Facebook feed. I mean, I'm not going to stop following CSN Bay Area or ESPN or Bleacher Report because they're reporting on the NFL. I mean, I may not click every single story, but I still see them and I still try to keep my ear to the wall on on what's going on. You know, because if I'm going to sit here and talk about this, I want to at least have an idea. I don't want to walk into this completely clueless. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind being put on the spot and being asked a question that I don't know is coming or whatever. You know, that like that that can be fun. But if I'm going to sit here and try and have a serious discussion about the Oakland Raiders, I want to actually 
know a little bit about what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I actually value that, unlike you know CNN, but that's another uh, another topic for another podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you just the thing is, is like when you see the the Raiders, you know, even the post game press conference, it's like you know, every everybody's got a much better attitude, a better vibe. You don't see a lot of individualism. It's it's more team oriented. You know, you you see a group of guys that enjoys playing together by and by and large from what I what I gather, but um whereas as a Niner fan, um I feel like I'm watching the last uh generation of the Raiders that just got essentially put to rest. Before we started recording here, um, we, we, we were talking off air about this. And I asked you this question. I'm going to ask you on the air here. When you see the just... Let, let me pre- preface this here. The, the San Francisco 49ers are a team and a an, uh, franchise, organization, whatever the fuck you want to call them, that... <laughs> I mean, actually, team. We'll stick with team because organized, I don't think, is in their vernacular yeah, right now. It's kind of, yeah. Um, look, I, I let, let me just preface this with a couple of things. I, I'm a Niner fan, but I'm a harsh fan, okay? I'm not a Fairweather fan. I, I'm the kind of guy that just simply calls a spade a spade. We're going to talk about the A's in a few minutes, and I, I'm going to have a lot of similar... Uh, outlooks on the A's as well and and I I probably love well I definitely love the A's more than the 49ers just because of my stance on football these days um which I, I'd actually like to get into that sometime maybe not here but um you know we if we have time at the end of the podcast we can maybe delve into that um because I don't know that we've done that on the podcast and I and I would like to actually dive into some of that and um even get maybe some of your insight at some point so remind me about that at the end okay um but the, the 49ers are just, like, I've never seen an organization or a team that in any sport that is considered a prominent team, a prominent franchise for decades. You know, I mean, the, the, the 49ers were a destination franchise for decades. Um, they, they had a rough patch of years in the mid-2000s. Um, but prior to that, they were a team and, and franchise of pride and glory and, you know, all of that. And that, that was fun to be part of. Um, but I've never seen a team free fall into the abyss this quickly. And so in saying that, I asked you, when you look at the 49ers from afar, do you feel like you're looking into the proverbial rearview mirror? And seeing what the Raiders were two, three years ago. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, re-answering that question since, like, you just mentioned it, uh, you know, right before we started to record. Um, like, the first thing that popped into my mind is, and gosh, I do not follow the Niners ever so, ever so much anymore, but um, the. Chip Kelly, this was his first year, correct, or second? What was his first year? He didn't first even year. make it a full year. I think he was with the team for 10 months. Okay. 
Um, yeah, because that's like the first thing that I completely thought of was a coach who you're bringing in to, you know, try to mend the wounds of, um, you know, the last coach and, you know, go from there, try to get, you know, a better season and you just give him a year and then he's out. Like same thing can be said for the Raiders when they were in their constants, you know, bring in a coach for a year or two and then uh, let's do this all over again. Like no consistency, no There's commitment no to a coach to, you know, let him try and do whatever his scheme is. And yeah, but that's that's like the number one thing that I completely see and definitely a rear mirror for the Niners. I have no idea what they're doing and it's fun to watch. I gotta I, say. Well, it's it's fun, but it's also sad at the same time because again, this was, I mean, I I, I compared this to like the Yankees, you know, a couple of minutes ago off air, when I said, you know, the Yankees have had rough years, but they've never like had a free fall and then splat on the freaking pavement. Like I, I've not seen that in all the years that I've been watching sports and all. It, again, they've had rough years, but not, man, not like two and twelve, dude. That that is yeah. bad. That is awful. And I, I'm gonna just touch on a, on on what I was saying off air, and then I want to move on because I I don't want to spend too much time on the 49ers. I always and I already feel like we spent more time than I I should have. <laughs> but you bring in Chip Kelly, who, you know, he was what we what he was at Oregon. He was great. Um, he didn't have great results in Philadelphia, but it's Philadelphia and who the fuck has great results there? No one. Um, they had one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in Donovan McNabb and couldn't win shit. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways, they bring in Chip Kelly and they didn't put any talent around him. Like what the fuck else are you going to get from, from a talentless team? Just a bunch of nobodies with Niners jerseys on. I mean, it's, it was literally watching the 2016 A's of football. Like, here, here's a bunch of kids. They're all wearing jerseys, and they're on the team, but you don't know who the fuck they are. You don't want to know who the fuck they are because, you know, they're all practice squad guys. They're rejects from other teams. I mean, it, it's like, you know, and I, I'm pretty sure that there, there were several guys they brought in. They signed them in, like, you know, the second or third drive that they play on. They get hurt. And it's like, okay, well, then that was one and done. You lasted three days. Thanks. See you later. You know? Um, and so they, they, they get rid of Chip Kelly. And they get rid of Trent Balky, which Trent Balky had to go. Um, if you go back, and I, I've said this dozens of times on the podcast off here. If you go back and you look at the team that went to the Super Bowl and the team before him that got to the NFC Championship game and, and choked there. Um, if you look at those teams and you look at the star players on those teams, they were all drafted by the previous general manager, Scott McLuhan. None of them were drafted by Trent Balky. Trent Balky had nothing to do with any of the 49ers' success. All of what you see on the 49ers today is the result of Trent Balky. There's really nobody left from the Scott McLuhan days with the exception of maybe Joe Staley. Okay? And he may or may not be back. Aside from that, I mean, we were, we were talking about this. They, 
um, Trent Baalke had a propensity for, for drafting guys out of college that had knee ligament issues. You know, like you, you're taking... It, it's one thing to take a gamble on one guy, but when you draft like, you know, five and six guys that all have, you know, ACL damage to a knee and they haven't even played it down in the NFL, it's like, dude, you're already starting with damaged goods. So that guy had to go. Chip Kelly, I would have kept him for the simple reason that, and I'm going to end with this, who the fuck else are you going to get to come in and coach the San Francisco 49ers? In fact, they suck so much right now that we should call them the San Francisco 69ers. Do you care to add or chime in any, anything at all on, on football-related manners? Um, let's see. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. So that way it's on the air and I'm going to put my, um, not a title on the line, but I guess maybe my, my, uh, predictability, credibility on the line. Um, I think I've said on air that I, I thought the Cavaliers would win the championship last year. I think I mentioned the Cubs might be in the uh, world series last year. And now I'm going to try to predict what I think is going to happen for the Super Bowl. Um, Let's hear it. I am going to say, um, well, first off, I'm going to say, fuck you, Tom Brady, because I think he's going to be back in the Super Bowl. I think we're going to see a repeat, and I think we're going to see the Patriots and the Giants again. And I think this time we're going to see the Patriots win. That's going to be my prediction. Okay. And um, I'll just do one more big fuck you, Tom Brady, and then we can go on to, I guess, basketball. Okay, you real, real quick, though. Let more. me ask you something. Okay. Um, I, I've seen a lot of headlines lately that say don't count out Atlanta. Very true. Yes. Um, the only reason I, I, if it's possible, I don't know if it's possible that the Giants can face the Falcons in the championship, but that's who I believe it'll come down to in the end. And the reason why I'm doing that is because of the Giants defense. Their defense has been coming alive lately. I don't know if they have a top five, but I know it's been doing quite well. And I sort of know this because stupid Dan won our fantasy football league and he had the Giants on, uh, he had their defense. So I think it'll uh, show up definitely in the playoffs. And that is the only reason because I would pick the Falcons over the Cowboys for sure. Just because Cowboys playoffs, they're allergic to the playoffs. So I'm sure they'll be out in their first game. Um, but yes, I, I'm still going to do my Giants and I do like the Falcons. They would be my number two, but I just feel defense is going to, um, be able to keep the Atlanta offense docile for that game. Okay. Okay. Just thought I'd ask you about that. Um, oh, yeah, but that's I, a good I've one. seen yes, a ton yes, of headlines on sure. that and yeah, Falcon, they, people need to be talking more about the Falcons cause they, their offense was quite fascinating to watch this year for sure. Well, and, and, and I, you know, back to the Niners real quick, they're, they're interviewing the Falcons defense, the uh, offensive coordinator, coordinator. Yeah. Um, Kyle Shanahan. So as long as they can keep Mike out of the building, I would be fine um, with that person that maybe would 
coach a uh, a, a Niner team is like a, a coordinator trying to get their comeuppance. Yeah, that that's what was rumored. You you know um you know the Niners essentially had Adam Gase, who's coaching mm. uh, Miami. They had him. They were going to sign him and called him at the 11th hour and said, nope, we're not hiring you. We got Chip Kelly. Oh, wow. Well, between um, those two, think, who'd you, who would you have wanted to have? I think for his case, he's better off in Miami because they're, they're doing a lot better, aren't they? You still there? Yes, still oh, here. Okay. Um, Miami, they're they're doing a lot better, right? Yeah, yeah, they're a wild card, wild card playoff team. Okay, yeah. So, you know, yet another Forty Nine er fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could have had a better coach, but they don't. <laughs> so, with that being said, um, enough depressing football talk. We might get into some depressing baseball talk eventually, but. Let's talk about baseball, and by baseball, I mean the Oakland A's, because this is not a Giants-centric podcast. I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't have much to say about the Giants right now. They've been kind of quiet anyway. Um, the most recent thing that I heard about them was that they signed Mark Melanson to some insane contract, and I've never believed in paying uh, closers a ton of money because there's such a limited shelf life with these guys, and... Um, you know, as an A's fan, we've seen that blow up in, in Billy's face, I don't know how many freaking times. So, um, the A's just today or tonight signed Rajay Davis to a one-year $6 million contract with $450,000 in uh, bonuses and incentives uh, based on uh, games played and played appearances. Um what do you, I, I mean, and, and they're, they're penciling him in to play center field, but he can also play some left as well. So I want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, the A's needed a center fielder. Um, were you, were you familiar with Rajay from his last tenure with the A's? I was not. This was a little bit before when I got back into baseball. I know he was on the team. Um, if you're like, well, which year, Jeff? I, I want to say oh eight oh nine, but yeah. I yeah. do not know for sure. Oh, sorry. so his his oh nine year, get this, his oh nine year was his final year with his his A's in the last ten year, and he he had a really solid year that year. I think he stole like thirty nine bases, and you know he he had a really good season, and he cemented himself as like a player that could be a semi starter. Um. And he bounced around to a couple of different teams, and obviously he was a big hero in the World Series for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in the playoffs, you know. He he cemented himself in Cleveland history, so uh, you know, with, with a couple home runs or whatever. But I, I I just feel like you know the A's needed a center fielder, and they got him. They 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 got themselves a center fielder. I am. I'm more in favor of them signing someone free agent wise like this than trading away any more pieces of the farm system that, you know, they've they've really needed to stop doing that and actually spend some time building uh building some talent and and developing talent, which was their bread and butter for so many years, and it just seems like they've gotten away from that. So um but are are you generally happy with the signing? Yes, yeah, I am. I'm. I'm more surprised that he signed with us. I 
don't know if it was the money or like a, a short-term deal or something like that. I figured he'd be off, you know, somewhere else that was had like a you know contention to get back in the playoffs or something. But I, I have to think that he he signed with the A's because he enjoyed trade playing here or something. He enjoyed playing here. I mean, the the A's were the team that that sprung his career to yeah. where it it ultimately is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, because when they brought him in, he was released from the Giants. They like he was put on waivers from the Giants, and the A's picked him up. That was during that phase when when the A's were were picking up guys off the Giants team. Anytime they would, you know, put them on waivers, and that's how we got like Travis Blackley a couple years back. Okay, yeah, I remember. Um, you know, guys like that. So Rajay was a Giants reject. Like he, he bounced around their system and didn't do much for them. And right. if I'm not mistaken, he got signed after one of those preseason A's Giants uh you know matchups or something like that. Or maybe it was something where we played one another in in the regular season, the Bay Bridge series or whatever, and you know, he played well against us or, or showed the team something. You know, you got when you watch the A's, you got to watch for guys that might fit in with the A's and kind of take mental note and say, you know what? This might be a player that fits in with Oakland really well. Um, I can't tell you how many countless times over the years that I've seen players like that where I'm watching a game. I'm like, this guy would fit in quite nicely. Um and actually, one of them, which which didn't end up really fitting in, was uh, was Brett Laurie, um, because he was an on base. He he was big on you know getting on base, and he was a good defensive third baseman. And I still don't know why they traded him. Because, granted, we have Ryan Healy now. Um, he's <laughs> he's offense. He's not defense. And you got to have defense at that hot corner. And Ron Washington, unfortunately, has moved on. And yep, you know that kind of sucks. So. Um, they they sign they sign Davis they bring him back we've got two Davises on the team now that I know of we might have a third oh, yes. and I'm not thinking of it but um, the the next thing I want to bring up just kind of briefly uh, the A's are said to have taken a, a pretty serious stab at trying to sign Edwin Encarnacion who last week signed with the Cleveland Indians um, do you honestly believe that the A's actually offered him a contract? I am very skeptical skeptical about this. However, I was kind of remembering maybe back, I don't know, uh, probably like ever since the, um, what do you call it? Like the uh, quote unquote money ball day. So like back in, 0102. From then until now, um, and I should have done research on this, so um, I apologize. But luckily, Kayvon, I have you, so you can kind of be my A's encyclopedia, hopefully. Um, if we were to kind I, of I owe everybody a beer. Hold on. I owe everybody oh. for a beer here. Um, I did not meet system sounds, and you just heard a text message come in, so I owe you all a beer. Oh. My goodness. Continue. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. So going back to kind of like the money ball days of like 01, 02, when the A's got back in the playoffs. Um, again, just repeating, did not do research. So I'm kind of brainstorming. Um, luckily, Kayvon, you can kind of assist me here. Um, 
So uh, to answer your question, yes, I'm, I'm surprised. But if we look back on the different DH players that the A's have had and signed, we're kind of looking at a ideal person, right? I mean, he's in his 30s, I believe. He had a great season, or he's currently having like two great seasons. Um, I think with the uh, Blue Jays that he just did, probably his best um, since then. And like, haven't the A's, isn't that kind of like the little checklist possibly that they kind of have? You got to be like mid 30s. Unless yeah, maybe and, you're like that David Justice or Frank Thomas, where you're like you know that big guy, and then yeah, or Mike Piazza or Nomar Garcia Parra. Yeah. yeah, see, those guys were closer to forty. Yeah, okay? exactly. Yeah, yeah. And here, here's the thing. I I just think that Oakland has been so cold that the, you know they they very well may have made an offer and and just weren't all that serious about it, and maybe just the guy's agent got that vibe. Um, but I honestly think this was a move to simply get their name as an organization out there, as an organization that has money and is willing to spend in a in, in kind of a way that would spark some interest potentially among the remaining free agents that are left on the market that say, hey, I might be able to go make a nice payday and play in Oakland. Um, so... That leads me to more free agents here. And so the biggest offensive name on the market right now is Mark Trumbo. And it's it's been heavily rumored that he is going to uh, re-sign with the Orioles. But they, they've had some dancing around where the offer's on the table, and then it's not, and then we're, we're still willing to talk. That's sort of what... Um, what they're at. And, and we're going to talk about the Orioles in a second, and, and you'll know why in just a moment. Um, the, the reason why I bring up Mark Trumbo is because I say, you know, yes, you are right in that Encarnacion sort of fits that bill, <clears throat> excuse me, of the older players that, you know, maybe are on the tail end of their prime that the A's will sign. But the kicker is usually that they can sign these guys for a discount. This does not fall under that category. This falls under the category of a guy getting paid, like a big payday, you know. And when I hear Billy say, hey, we wanted to sign him and have him sort of be the cornerstone of the team, it's like, well, um, you do have Marcus Simeon, who I, I do believe you need to lock up into a long-term contract now. Like, you need to sit him down today. And say, look, let's talk long-term extension. You need to get him locked up through his arbitration years and potentially the first two years of what would be his free agency. That's my opinion there. Um, just as a as a side note, uh, the uh, another name that I, I so so okay. Let me back up here. If they're throwing this money at Encarnacion, why aren't why aren't we hearing about them throw money? Throwing money at Mark Trumbo, and would you think that that would even be a good idea? Because I, I think the money's probably in the same ballpark. <sighs> Two years, fifty, sixty you know, million or so. Yeah, I don't. There, there's only one thing that I hate about Trumbo, and it's something silly. Um, whenever Dan and I go to a game and we see him, and we've seen this countless time when when he was with the, uh, I believe, the Angels. 
Um, it's just every single time when he either took a strike or took a ball, he'd have to stare at his bat for like five seconds before he got in the goddamn uh, batter's box, and it drove me crazy. Oh, come on. It, it, it cannot be as bad as, as Nomar Garcia-Para with the batting gloves and then the driving the toes to the front of the cleats with the little strut and the shaking the ass and the whole deal. <laughs> oh, I yeah, mean, there, there are players that are definitely worse. To me, dude, my, my favorite batter, period, in terms of how the guy swung the bat, his stance, what he did with the bat as the pitcher is, you know, winding up, you know, putting the bat down and back up, back down, back up. Mark McGuire. You go look up Mark McGuire. That guy had, in, in my opinion, one of the greatest stances because he was firmly planted on his feet. I mean, perfect balance, the whole deal. I mean, it was a, his stance, in my opinion, was a thing of beauty because he, like, his, his he was so symmetrical with it, you know? Um, anyways, I, I could talk about batting stances a lot. So, uh, so that annoys you with Trumbo, but okay. Yeah, but if that we're talking aside, about, you know, you... a player, yes, yeah, what? I, uh, and I, the name that came to mind, um, when I think Mark Trumbo is, I, I don't know, can, can I make a similar comparison with Trumbo, to Brandon Moss, because I feel Trumbo's a little bit better than Brandon Moss. Oh God, he, he's a Trumbo. million times better than Brandon a Moss. Billion. Okay, we okay. we struck gold with Brandon Moss, and then he went away, and he's yeah, toiled around fantastic. with the Indians and the Cardinals, and right. you know, I I heard his name thrown around by um, a certain website, and I'm not even going to name them because. Um, they 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 don't deserve my my plug. I I think they have a bunch of amateurs on there, um, writing. And one of the guys was saying, "Hey, maybe they should bring back Brandon Moss." It's like, dude, he was thirty three when he left. That was three years ago. He's thirty six now. He oh, had wow. hip surgery. He sucked yeah. his final year with the A's because of the hip injury, mm-hmm. and he's never been the same since. Why the fuck do you want to bring him back? Um. So, Trumbo is he's younger. He is. And he hit like what forty seven home runs last year. So sure yeah, something like that. I, yeah. I just I, I just find it interesting that it's like the, the A's were tied to Encarnacion, but I've not heard them tied to Trumbo. And I would so think that would if they're willing Trumbo to spend money DH, would you put him in the outfield? What would you do with him? It doesn't matter. You I I'm just saying, like he that's a that's a marquee player. The A's are, are acting like they got money to go after marquee players. So I'm saying, all right. You you tried and suppose you supposedly tried and failed with Encarnacion. Why mm-hmm. am I not hearing his name tied, their name tied to Mark Trumbo? I I just think that that would be logical. Yeah, play him in the solid. outfield. Play him at first base. You have needs at both places. Play mm-hmm. him at DH. Do the revolving door like Melvin does, where he uses the DH spot to sort of rest guys every day. I mean, uh, I I, I just yeah. I mean, I yeah. Why not throw him in the outfield? You know, um, I, I I also thought that the A's should have made a stab at going after Cespedes, too, when he was on the market. Now, knowing that they went after Encarnacion, it's like, well, why didn't you go after Cespedes? You're, you're talking about spending top-tier money on guys at a rate of about $25 million a year. Well, fuck, go for the big dogs, then. So, with that being said, um, you sort of laid out 
the uh, the argument for the next guy I'm going to mention, and you don't even know the name of the next guy I'm going to mention, but you mentioned that the A's, their, their MO seems to be going after a guy that could be a DH, mm-hmm. like a Frank Thomas, Mike Piazza, Nomar, uh, okay. guys like that, veterans that are maybe um, at the tail end of their, their career or at the tail end of their prime and heading into the tail end of their career, but that you could potentially sign for cheaper. And the name that I have in mind is Jose Bautista. Was not expecting that guy. He's on the market. He is, yeah. And he keeps telling Toronto that, you know, he'll sign with them, but they gotta they gotta offer him a contract worth more than the qualifying offer. Qualifying offer was, I believe, about seventeen or eighteen million dollars, and the A's were just flashing money like twenty five million at 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 Encarnacion. You know, I I'll take Jose Bautista on the team. Um, I I, I mentioned the Orioles earlier, and I'm going to mm-hmm. mention them again because I I think it was fucking stupid. When their GM was asked, hey, any chance that the O's go after Jose Bautista? And he said, no, our fans don't really like him. And I, and I was just like, fuck you. Are you kidding me? You put, that, you put anybody in your own team's uniform, you're probably going to like them. If the A's would have signed fucking Barry Bonds in 2008, I'd have been all over it. Because he's wearing an A's uniform. Okay. We're about to transition into basketball in a second. I want to. I do want to talk about Jose Bautista for a second, but uh, j- just to make this argument, I hated Kevin Durant because he played for the Thunder and he's a sharpshooter kind of fucking player that's gonna just torch whoever the fuck he plays, no matter what. And when he kills your team, you pretty much hate that guy. But now he's wearing a Warrior uniform. Guess who one of my favorite players on the Warriors is right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just saying, like, this is, is that not the fan's mentality? Is, not, is that not a typical fan mentality? Or am I just completely out to lunch on this? Um, yes, you are 99.99.99, et cetera, et cetera, correct. Yes. Because I'm pretty much the same way except for one player um, that was on, uh, or that is on my Kings that I wish would just go. Ah, uh, yes. For the most part, yes. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about him in just a moment. Um, so, how would you feel if the A's did sign Bautista? Like, do you, do you think that that would be a decent addition to the team in terms of offense? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, I, I'm kind of with those fans in saying that, like, Bautista, he's not... I don't know. Just from what I've seen, like I can understand why people don't like him, his his personality. Um, but yes, he would be a player if he did show up on my team. I would support him. Um, but I don't know. Do you think he'd be able to play nicely since he'd be in the uh, same division as uh, was it Odor? He got in a little pickle. Yeah, did he or... knock him out, or did he get knocked out? Um, I, he got, he got hit in the face and then he kind of stumbled a bit. I think people were kind of exasperating it saying that he got knocked out, but it looked okay. like he just kind of got punched and stumbled a little bit, but Dude, he didn't like fall down or anything. Then I want that guy on my team. Cause I don't like the Rangers. That's a good point. Okay. I mean, and, and, and I don't want to see him end up there. Not that I think that he would, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I don't want to see a guy like this end up on a division rival. 
I don't want to see him in Seattle. I don't want to see him in Anaheim, and I don't want to see him in True. in Texas. Um, you know, his most rumored destination is going to be going back to Toronto, and I, I do think that that's probably what happens. But I'm just throwing the name out there because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like we, we were just talking about Trumbo and Encarnacion. These are not names that typically would get associated with the A's. Top-tier free agents do not get associated with the Oakland A's. It's just something that, like, in all the years that we've watched, the A's will always go for the second tier. They'll wait They'll wait till the guys like Trumbo and, and Encarnacion go to see sort of what the market is. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's interesting, and I, I, I'm sort of compelled by what the A's are doing right now. I, 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 I still think that they're going to suck. This year, um, just because there are so many holes on this team that I, I don't know that you can plug them all in one off season, um, but uh, they do have to get Marcus Simeon locked up. I think that should be a, a top priority for the organization. So, any uh, final thoughts on the A's? Not really. I'm gonna be in total agreement with you on it's gonna be another kind of cringeworthy year so i'm trying to prepare for it as best as i can i think my dad got me tickets for um uh, like two tickets to go to you know to get uh, i think like field global seats or something like that so i don't know i might just go to one a's game this this upcoming season we'll see I, i i haven't gone in like two or three years yeah that's I just I I got to a point where I am like I just refuse to yeah. to fucking support the product at this point. Yeah. You know, I mean like I I I don't even last year I didn't even turn on a lot of games because it's just like mm-hmm. I can't watch this shit. So, yeah. I I, I hope for something better. I I mean especially since it's Agreed. like a yeah. young like there'd be nothing cooler to me. And and this is like this is why I've always been an Ace fan is because to to me there'd be nothing cooler than you have a team of nobodies, and they start playing really well. Oh yes, you know what I mean. Like they, they, it's like who, who are these guys? That's what I want to get back to, as an A's fan. Like who the fuck are these guys? Eric Sogard, who's that? You know, like who's <laughs> yeah. that weird kid with the glasses on? That looks like hundred percent in agreement with you. Yes, a thousand um, times yes. Okay, so we got baseball out of the way. We talked football. I, we're, we're missing basketball. Um, my inclination was to start talking Warriors, but I think we should get Kings out of the way first. Um, you haven't really followed them too much, and you just alluded to a certain player that you would wish that they would just get rid of. Now, who, who would that player be? Well, I'm I'm sure people might be thinking it's Demarcus Cousins, but it's it's not Demarcus Cousins. I know we've had our differences. I know, man, that's actually who a, I was thinking. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I've said like it's it's been a pain to have him on the team and all that stuff, but he's such a great player. Again, I think if we trade him, like we'd have to get like the moon and then some. It's just because I, I feel if we do trade him, like it would just be another ten steps back. Um, that player that I do not like that I wish would just go away is Matt Barnes. Ah, yes. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. So um, he's that one exception to where you can more than likely, if you come on my team, I'll root for you. But that guy, nope. Go away. He's he's just a dirty player. I mean, he really is. He. I, I remember that that was his moniker, and he embraced it when he was with the Warriors. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he's had a lot of off the field issues this year, and even in past years with the whole. Um, you know, Derek Fisher is engaged to Matt Barnes's ex-wife. Yes. Okay, yeah. so you know about all that drama. Oh yes, guys, we're not going to delve into this because this is not TMZ. Um, if you want to know about what we're talking about, just Google it. It's it's there. It's not hard to find. But there there were there were some issues a couple years ago. Um, Matt Barnes was uh he he's he's got some charges or, or a lawsuit against him for an incident in a nightclub in New York about 2 months ago um where he what was it he punched some woman in the face he was it punch or choke i think it was punch yeah i think and then he tried to choke the boyfriend or the husband or whatever something and, like and, that and, or... and then they left um yeah. and it's like dude you're on camera you know, it is 2017 now. At the time, it was 2016. Everything, you know, you're on camera everywhere you fucking go. So, um, I, I'm with you. I, I do think that that, that kind of character needs to be expunged from the franchise because I don't think it's a good influence on the rest of the team. And I, I, I feel like guys like that ultimately just bring the team down. So, I'm with you on that. Um, the Kings have been playing better as of late, from what I understand. And according to... See, like, I, I've been seeing a lot of headlines about, you know, cu- like this one, Cousin win- Cousins wins Battle of Bigs. And he's he's had a lot of games recently. I know he had um, a game against Philly where one of their centers and him kind of got into it and they really had a lot of fun back and forth. And, and, and when I say got into it, I mean, like, they were just banging bodies you know, they're both big dudes. They played very physical, and the refs let them play. I'm not talking about anything dirty. I'm just saying two guys competing, and both guys, you know, they had fun. And they there was a little bit of trash talk after the game. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, for the Kings, Kings edged the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawson has some kind of... Blurred vision issue, um, and Kings rookie shooting guard Richardson expected to see expanded role. So what I what I like that I'm hearing about the Kings is that David Yeager is not afraid to play around with different combinations of players. And I, and I did feel that coming into this year, a lot of the year is going to be kind of like that feeling out process, just figuring out like who, what works, you know? And I, I don't think that they ever really had a coach that could come in there and have a firm grasp on the team like he, like he seems to have. I mean, and it seems like he's got the respect of his locker room. And, you know, there, there have been a few cousins outbursts on, on the court, you know, mainly with technical fouls. And, and the thing is, dude, it's like, dude... The, the Warriors have Draymond Green, who is the loud personality on the team. You guys got DeMarcus Cousins. And I, I think the guy's passionate and I, I don't think as negatively about the guy as, as so many others. And maybe that's just because I'm I'm not a diehard Kings fan and I haven't really paid attention to all of his, his shit over the years. But he's one of the best centers in the game, period. 
And as a Warrior fan, I would I'd do anything to get that guy on my team. I, I don't think there's another NBA team out there that wouldn't say the same thing. Like, you know, especially if you're a playoff contender, you can win with that guy. I think you can absolutely win with that guy. You can do some incredible pick and roll stuff. I mean, he he does so many things so well as a basketball player that I think if he just had a solid team around him, I mean, there's still so much potential there with this guy. So, um, I don't know. Where where are you at with the Kings right now? Oh, my God. The King, like, I... Uh, man, I don't know. This team—it's such a roller coaster of a ride. Whenever I kind of see this team, like I—I I saw an article, I think like a fan post on I think Sacktown Royalty, uh, like a couple days ago, that said, um, and, and I'm like in complete agreement with this, with what his title of the uh, little article that he that he wrote down was. It I think it had something to do with I love the Kings, I hate this team, and I think that's kind of where I'm at. They're uh, again they're they're doing not pretty good. Like we were talking offline, saying um, what I think they're the eight seed they're right the now. They're the eight so, seed right now. Yeah, they're fifteen they're, and nineteen. They're I fifteen think. and nineteen, and, and there's like three other teams that are just toiling right there with them, and it's like like as it stands right now, they're a playoff team, and I I mean mm-hmm. with the better play. Do you feel that they have anything with which to work with on on the current roster that they could maybe build some momentum with? Or do you think that they're a team that they might, you know, next month start to look at, like, let's say they're still the eighth seed in a month. Do you think they look at maybe doing a trade with another team to bring in a guy to maybe put them over the hump? I think it's possible. I, I don't necessarily know if they will for sure do that. Um, but All I know is Paul Millsap has been made available by the Atlanta yeah, Hawks. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I just, any team I talk about, I'm going to mention Paul Millsap and say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, you might want to trade for Paul Millsap. <laughs> you might not, might not mind seeing him on your team. Um, and I, as a Dubs fan, I can say the same thing. I would love to see a guy like Paul Millsap on the on the Dubs. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I'd love to have him on my team too. He's so um, great player. I, I'm just I, I think we should probably close up on on Kings. I mean, we we could talk about the Demarcus and the reporter issue, but I mean that that's been covered, and you know it is it is what it is. I mean, what 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 more is there to say about that? But. Um, did you want to? Did you want to touch on anything else with the Kings before we move on to Warriors? Um, I mean, the last thing I'm gonna say with the, about the Kings is like it's great that we're in the eighth seed. I'm kind of happy. Um, I just feel I'm just like kind of so pessimistic with this team. I feel something's gonna happen and we're just gonna come crashing down. Maybe we'll barely miss the playoffs, or just maybe we'll just implode or something. But I don't know. Even though if you want to call it chemistry, even though it's happening with the eight seed, like I, I'd be a little bit more content if we can get rid of some of these players. Um, just because like, you know, we've just talked about, uh, what Matt Barnes and all of his drama. Um, 
we know Darren Collison is on the team. He had that domestic battery and got suspended for a little bit. Um, I could have swore I read something to where I think uh, like Ty Lawson has been like lazy at shoot around or something like that. And Aaron Aflalo is, I think, kind of the same way or he just is like refusing. He was refusing to play at a certain, I think, like back in December, maybe or something. Um, I think Rudy Gay is kind of tired with the offense, even though he's been doing somewhat good and he's been injured all the time. It's I don't know, just these group of characters I'm. Kind of hoping when the trade deadline, you know, um, gets closer, I kind of hope that we do are able to unload some of these players because, um, you know, I don't want to change things too drastically, um, but definitely some of these players need to go. And I'm not, um, I don't know, I'm not really convinced that this kind of chemistry or whatever you call it can kind of keep on going. I'd rather have a team like the Raiders where, you know, they're shedding, they've got a new coach. They've got, uh, you know, they're shedding their skin of the old and, and coming in with the new. And I don't know. I hope the Kings can either work past their differences and prove me wrong, or they can ship these guys off to another team. That way we can start brand new. And, um, well, you I must think I'll be leave glad, it at that with my Kings. You must be glad that Rondo didn't resign with the, with the Kings because he's having a horrendous happy, yes. season yeah. and, He's starting up his antics of, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to demand a trade if I don't get playing time. And it's like, dude, where where are you going to go? Yep. You know, who wants you? You signed a big contract and you're not playing well. So you get to sit on the bench and it, you know, anyways. Um, let's talk about the Warriors. So the Warriors are obviously playing really well. Um, have you seen any games this year? Recently? I have, I, I haven't seen like uh, full games every now and again. My my dad um kind of watches. Uh, he's been watching pretty consistently, like he used to when the um when the A's were doing well. You know, back uh back in our our, our playoff years a couple of years ago. Um, when they started to get good, you know, he started to watch a little bit more, and I, I see him kind of watching almost every game that's on Comcast right now. So um, I'll take a peek every now and again. Um, but as far as like a full game or like a full quarter, um, not something I've, I've noticed. It's kind of like the Kings. I'll, I'll see what happens like on ESPN after the game um, with the occasional, I'll slip in and see how well they do or, you know, ask them what the score is at the end of the quarter or something. But that's as far as I am with the Warriors right now. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a different team than last year. Um, they are 30 and five, but you know, they're not, they're not playing with the same gusto as they've played the last couple of years, because I think they just realize that they've got so much talent on this team that they don't have to play balls to the wall every single night. But I heard a quote from Draymond Green the other night after the game where he said, you know, we don't have to play every game like it's a playoff game, and we don't, but we can still focus on the little things that we're fucking up on, like turnovers and, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's also weird because it's like the year at, last year after they won the championship, it seemed like every single game that they played, whoever they were playing was throwing their best effort by and large, at the Warriors. 
Oh, no doubt. Whereas now, it's like there are teams that essentially concede the game before it starts and they just they go and rest all their starters and you're like, okay, this is going to be a shit game. Um, I went to a game last month. It was the Warriors and the Knicks. I thought, man, this is going to be a great game. Well, they didn't play Derrick Rose or Carmelo Anthony. So, I mean, there there was just a random lady to my left in, in, in the stands. And I, pff, the whole second half, we weren't watching the game. We were just talking up a storm about whatever. I mean, we were talking about, like, Prince and and <laughs> just, like, bands we've seen. I mean, like, we were talking about basketball. You know what I mean? Like, so... At times, this team looks complacent. At times, they're boring to watch. Um, just because it's like, you just know that they're so good. Um, for instance, they're playing Portland tomorrow night. And normally, that's a good game. But Portland, by and large, has sucked this year. And, you know, they're just, they're not good. They're not good at all. Let's see, where are they at in the division? They're 15-21 and 21 as well. So, oh, you guys, you guys are fifteen and nineteen. That's right. No, they're fifteen and twenty-one. I mean, yeah. So they might. Were they knocking at the door then for the eight seed? They are, but it's it's like that's a team that should be a lot better than they are. When you look at who who's on that team, and it's just like it's not working. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but talent wise, they've got it. Um, you know, another team that I feel like ought to be better than they are is Dallas. Um, Dallas is getting a lot of great production out of Harrison Barnes, uh, more than we ever saw from him as a warrior. And frankly, I'm happy for the guy. I'm happy to see a guy that got himself paid and is living up to the contract. In any sport, I like to see that. So... um, let me ask you something. What are your thoughts on a player like JaVale McGee? With McGee, like, I remember... Um, you probably remember him with either the Nuggets or the Wizards. Yeah. Um, kind of with both, more so with the uh, Nuggets. Okay. Um, That's when I became familiar with him. But uh, are you pretty much saying, like, overall, what do I think of him? Or, like, on the Warriors team? Uh, Both. Because, okay, the reason why I'm asking is because a lot of Warrior fans are nuts for JaVale McGee. And I just don't see it. I mean, Mm. yeah, if if he's within 10 feet of the hoop and the ball is up in the air, he's gonna dunk it. Um, but defensively, you can't depend on the guy. He's he's got all these athletic gifts, but um, you know th- this is a guy that is like the 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 crown jewel of Shacked and a fool, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there there's guys out there that are like, oh well, you know, he's never really had a chance, and da da da. It's like, dude, he's been in the NBA for eight fucking years. What are you ta- What are you kidding me for? You know. So. I, I don't know. Am, am I? Do you think I'm being harsh on the guy? I mean, I, I know I'm being harsh on the guy, actually. Um, but do, do you think he's he's kind of overrated if if people are just fucking ooh and on and on over him? I mean, 
I, I was yeah. more impressed with Andrew Bogut personally, just because of how uh, well you know yeah. the big man could handle the ball. You know, I I don't know if it's just because of maybe whoever's around him, like on the bench, and then he just kind of stands out as being a way better player compared to those others. Um, like I do remember him from the Wizards. I think one year I could have swore he was in. Maybe he was with the Nuggets at the time, but I could have swore he was with the Wizards and he was in like a dunk contest and he just amazed me with that. So, yeah, that was definitely the year that Blake Griffin, for sure. that, like he would have won that year if Blake Griffin exactly. didn't dunk over the car or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah, I felt he got robbed that year for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I do like him as a bench player. I like him as coming off the bench, you know, getting, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes if you need him or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's, I, I think he's great in the role that they're using him on. But, like, there's this yeah. whole slew of Warriors fans that are like, oh, he should be the starting center. It's like, no, he shouldn't. You know, because yeah, then, then you're I mean, playing with Andres Pedrins again. To Pachulia, but I'd rather have him off the bench for sure, yeah. He's yeah, nice. I mean, I, I'd like to see an upgrade over Pachulia, but Pachulia, I mean, he does enough for me to where, you know, for better or worse, we're stuck with him this year. I mean, I, I'd love to see them go out and trade for, like, Al Horford or, you know, something like that, but that's that's wishful thinking. I'd love to, Like I said, I'd love to see them trade for DeMarcus Cousins. You know that would be a major upgrade, and then you can put Pachulia and and McGee on the bench. Or, but frankly, the Warriors have a, a fucking fetish with centers. Steve Kerr has a fetish with centers. There's like four or five centers on this team. You got you got McGee, you got Pachulia, you got Anderson Verizhao, who should not even be playing in the NBA anymore. He's only on the team because Steve Kerr wants a Brazilian guy on the team, and that's fine. But I would prefer if the guy can play, and Verjao just can't. Then you got the young kid Damian Jones that they've been sending back and forth to the to the D League, um, mm. which is good. He needs his minutes. But I, I'm interested to see what that big man can do because I I have a feeling that ultimately he'll be able to do a little bit more than Pachulia, you know, because Pachulia is not a great defender, um, and. Really, his best, in my opinion, his best characteristic is sort of like setting screens and passing the ball. You know, those are like, like setting things up. But he, he's been more aggressive as of late, and he has these flashes where he'll, he'll just, like, like last night he had this insane left hook that like shouldn't have gone in, but somehow he like pushed under it and just willed it up perfectly to where it just swished through. And I'm just like, I don't know how you did that dude, but props. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the big thing for the Warriors is they're just trying to get to the playoffs at this point. And I don't even think they care whether the, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight seed. I just think that, this is a team that, you know, they don't really prioritize the individual stats. Um, they, they're unselfish. I mean, they, they do what's best for the team. And, like, I, I read an article today about how Kevin Durant is talking about how he really enjoys that there's this camaraderie on the Warriors where they can all 
they're they're all about like eighty percent of the time they're all very supportive of one one another, you know, in practice and shoot around and all that kind of shit. The other twenty percent of the time they call each other out for different things in their game. And one of the things that like Monty Poole was writing about is how Kevin Durant is open to taking advice from players that are sort of at the end of the bench. And when I like he didn't specify a name, but I immediately thought of like Tony Clark because I know that or not Tony Clark, um Ian Clark, my bad. He's really fond of Ian Clark. I mean, he and and I and I feel like him just sort of backing Ian Clark verbally in the locker room and practice whatever has really allowed this guy to find his sense of confidence. He's coming off the bench and he's producing. He's a good point guard off the bench. And he's a guy that the Warriors have developed. Um, he, he's one of these guys that, that excels in the Warriors system. And the reason why I point that out is he is likely due for a payday, probably, probably at the end of the season. And he may get a, a larger offer from another team, but I don't think he's going to excel with another team because he suits what the Warriors do so well. He was developed by the Warriors, you know. Um, and they're, they're going to have some tough decisions to make because, um, they got to sign Steph and they got to sign Durant in the off season. And, um, they're going to have decisions to make as to whether or not they bring Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala back. And I think if you had to pick, you stick with Livingston because Iguodala is, I think he's, I think his knees are just about done. So, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting going forward for the Warriors, um, just mentioned we're all looking forward to the playoffs. Uh, well, speaking of which, um, I, I, again, we're only in January. Playoffs are a long ways away. Um, is there anybody currently that could possibly like eliminate or give the Warriors like a good run for their money? Um, if you know it came down to the playoffs, like right now, in the West, in the West. Um. I mean, I'm inclined to to say teams like San Antonio or, um, you know, who's really uh, a team that intrigues me that that is sort of the question mark as to whether or not we could beat them in a seven game series that I'd be interested to just find out because we haven't seen this matchup in a long time since the We Believe years, but that's Utah. Um. Uh-huh. They've got some bigs that historically rough up the Warriors uh, throughout the season when they play. They're, they're very physical. So that's a team, as I, as I look at the standings, Utah jumps out at me. I, I, I don't think the Warriors are faced by the Clippers whatsoever. And I, if anything, I think the Clippers um, have a mental block when it comes to the Warriors because they've been humiliated so many times that mentally they just... I, I think they just break down. I think they shut down. I mean, that, that's what I saw when they played each other earlier this season. was just like, wow. For a team that had all this hype coming in, you know, that was the team that was going to give the Warriors a run for their money, they got fucking steamrolled. And I don't know if that happens in the playoffs, but I've seen enough over the years recently from the Warriors and the Clippers to know that the Warriors are just going to dwarf the Clippers, plain and simple. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say probably, probably Utah, maybe OKC and San Antonio. Those are the teams that stand out to me. 
And fuck Houston. Houston can kiss my ass. <laughs> we'll beat Houston too. That's another team that I think, um, even though I believe they beat us this year, I I just think that by the time the playoffs roll around, guys are tired. Uh, they they might have some injuries, and just Houston cannot get it done against the Warriors in the playoffs. Based on the last two years, so. Um, I am pretty much out of gas in terms of what I have to say on the Warriors. I don't know if you have any additional questions for me or if you want to talk about anything else on this podcast, but... Um, I don't think so. Oh, I was supposed to remind you about something, I thought. Uh, I it was baseball related. Was it my, my stance on the NFL? It might have been. Do, do we want to get into that real quick? I don't know. Do we have enough time or... Do we we, are, well, we always have time. We can make time. Oh. I... I we're, we're still recording, so yeah, we're we're at an hour and twenty four, um, yeah, can throw it on, which there. is fine. Yeah. I I I don't have a ton to say on this, so this this won't be too long at all. But I got really turned off by the NFL a year and a half ago or so, maybe two years ago. Um, the, the this started probably early early in the season last year. And it was around the time when um, you had the Ray McDonald incidents where, you know, there's, there's domestic violence. Um, sure, he got suspended. Maybe he got fined. Maybe he had some legal issues. Okay. The NFL ultimately didn't really do a damn thing about it. I mean, it's, it's like it's a non-issue to the NFL. The NFL as a league has not taken enough of a stand against domestic violence. Now, you also had the Ray Rice in the in the elevator incident, which was awful to watch. Um, and he got kicked off the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken, which I think is great. But, uh, you know, then you also... And, and this, this one was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. It was the Adrian Peterson incident where... You know him and his, uh, him and I guess his baby mama, his wife, whatever. They're split. They're separated. And at the time, his son was five years old. Went over to mom's house, and she noticed that he had like these massive welts on his back. And basically, she asked him what was going on, and I think it was something along the lines of like, "I I wouldn't be quiet, so daddy beat me." He beat the shit out of his kid. Okay? And this guy is still playing in the NFL. Now, I I realize he got suspended for a whole fucking season, but give me a goddamn break. Like, he should never play another down again, in my my opinion. Um, And domestic violence is a serious issue to me. I mean, I, I have some pretty... Hardcore stances on what I think should happen to people that are that that are domestic abusers and things like that, and maybe that's something that that Jeff and I will delve into on another podcast. Um, I just when I look at the lack of response from the NFL, and then I turn on an NBA game, and it doesn't matter what team you're watching, any team, any game, you're always going to see charitable. Uh, acts by either the team that you're watching, the players, 
or just the NBA itself. You know, they've got the NBA cares. And, and look, a lot of this is probably marketing, okay? But the fact is, is that they put the effort into getting that message out that, look, we realize we rake in a ton of money, but God damn it, I will be damned if there is not a single day that goes by that I don't see a fucking story about Stephen Curry uh, handing out food to young children or, uh, or, or poor families for the holidays or Clay Thompson handing out 200 lunches to kids at a school in East Oakland. You know, it's daily, every single day, there's something like this going on. And I'm not, look, we were just talking about the Kings and Darren Collison and he had the domestic abuse thing, deal. It's in all sports. But it is so bad in the NFL, and I just feel like the NFL does not do a fucking thing to combat it at all. It's like they're completely complacent on the concussions. They're complacent on all this shit, you know? And I've had enough. It, it, it disgusts me to no end that there are still people that are, that are basically bloodthirsty for football. And yet, all this is going on, and the, and by and large, the people have nothing to say about it. There, to me, there's just not enough outrage amongst football fans. So it's like it's I, I have this disappointment in football fans in general, and I'm not singling anybody out in particular. I consider myself still a football fan. I, I enjoy the sport. I don't enjoy what's been going on off the field, and it's to the point that. As a man, as a human being, as a conscious individual, I cannot in good faith and in good conscience turn a blind eye to that shit any longer without saying anything about it. And so my way of, of protesting this is, look, uh, I'm not watching this shit, you know? And, and, I, and I wish more people would shut the shit off and find something else to watch. I mean, that th this is just my opinion, okay? And, and it's, it's not... It's not, um, it's not something where I'm trying to offend anybody personally. I'm just, I'm generalizing and I, I, I want to make that point clear. This is not a dig at anybody in particular, um, unless we're talking about players or coaches or whatever. You know, for instance, Bruce Miller. I, I don't know what he was fucked up on, whether he, he was on pills or he had a fucking concussion or he was too drunk, but he walked into that San Francisco hotel, walked in the wrong room, and beat the shit out of like a 70-year-old man and his son. And all, all we got was, oh, the 49ers have released him. I mean, care to say anything else? Do, do you guys want to come out and, and, and take a stand and say, hey, we do not support these kind of actions? No, it's just always no comment, no comment, no comment. And people continue to watch these games and give this league their money. And they shouldn't, in my opinion, until this is cleaned up. This is supposed to be a family sport. And I and I don't mean to like come off like an old, you know, conservative fart. I'm just I'm taking a stand because I think domestic violence is awful and it's horrendous. And look, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I think if you are um and this is probably like the only like political thing I'm gonna get into on this show before I, I close up on this, but honestly, this is my belief. Okay, and this is going to be harsh for 99.9% .9 of you that may or may not hear this. I believe if you're a domestic abuser, if you beat your girlfriend, if you beat your wife, if you beat your children, if you rape anybody, your wife, your girlfriend, your children, someone else, or you are a sex offender of any sort, 
child molester in particular, I, I, I think you should be subjected to the death penalty immediately. In my opinion, you have no place in society. You have nothing positive to offer society, um, especially with sex offenders. Honestly, they have nothing to offer society. Nobody wants them in their neighborhoods. And, and I'm talking about the most egregious offenders. Okay? Repeat offenders. These are the people that should be subjected to this. Because I've, I've had enough with hearing about it and then just seeing complacency from society, from the NFL, you know, all these things. So I, I'm just, I'm taking a hard line on this and, and I would love feedback. I would absolutely love feedback and I'd love to debate this because maybe there's a, perspe- a, a position on this or a point of view that I am not seeing right now. Um, but that is where I'm at with uh, the NFL and domestic violence and what should happen to people that, that, that do that kind of shit because I think it's disgusting. Um, no man should ever raise a hand to a woman um, and you, you should never do awful things to children. Um, that I'm not going to expand on in this podcast. So, Jeff, are you still there? I am still here. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> do you do you care to chime in on it on any of that? I mean, do do you want to comment? You don't have to because I know you're a football fan. Um, you don't have to comment on any of that if you don't want to. But um, I just I, I want to give you that opportunity. Should you should you choose to to comment? Um, I I will keep it. Within for right now, I think this would be a great topic maybe to discuss later in the week or something. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, this could definitely be something that we talk about later on because I think there's definitely discussion there. And I'd rather, uh, instead of like putting a few eggs in the basket right now, I'd rather just save them all until we do that discussion. So okay. I think I will uh, respectfully decline for right now. And if you want to, I would not mind wrapping up or if there's something else uh, that's on the list we can go to. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think, I think this is a great issue for us to debate on a podcast. And the reason why is because it's, it's a current issue. Um, it's, it, it, it affects society. But it, in, in terms of our discussion, obviously here, uh, there's there's a major sports element to this. So, um, I, I I think that there there is a little bit of a like a broad stroke that we can take with this issue, uh, while also diving into specifics as well. I, I just think that there there there's like a wide appeal to what we do in in terms of like actually sort of. Uh, blurring the lines between what we do. I mean, we, we sort of try to keep the current events separate from the sports, separate from wrestling, because we're wrestling fans and we just dedicate stuff specifically to wrestling. Um, and I'm sure we'll do that with baseball or basketball later on down the line. But um, I, I, I think that this is just one of those issues that it, it, it sort of touches on, on, a, on multiple, uh, multiple areas that we tend to dive into and stay exclusively in. So to be able to blur those lines a little bit uh, with with this topic, I think that would be kind of kind of cool. So, um, with that being said, Jeff, thank you as as always for uh, for for hooking up here and and joining me on the podcast and and talking sports and whatever else. Uh, thank you to the listeners. Um, if you're still listening, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Jeff mentioned this at the end of the last podcast. 
Um, I, I've mentioned a little bit here, but I, we cannot emphasize enough how much um, feedback is important. We would love feedback. We'd love your thoughts. Um, hey, I, just speaking for myself, am I full of shit? Do you think I'm full of shit? Do you agree with what I have to say? Do you disagree with something? Am I, am I missing a, a certain point? I'd love to hear about it. Um, so let us know. That being said, Jeff, again, thank you. Uh, any final words at all before we close it the, out here? Um, yeah. The last thing I think I'll say is um, to, to anybody listening out there, uh, Kayvon and I are currently on a streak. This is our second night in a row podcasting. So who knows? Maybe we'll go for another one tomorrow. And these might be um, coming out pretty quickly. I know we've been on a like a dry spell lately, but... Yeah, we'll see how things go, and you might be uh, seeing a couple more podcasts uh, later in the week to uh, listen to if you guys are uh, still out there listening. So something to look forward to, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, there's um, there's definitely more on the way. Uh, we are on a roll, and and I know we've said this in the past, but we legit are on a roll. And I, I mean, for for God's sake, we're openly talking about the things that we're going to be podcasting about in the next couple of days. So um, you've got that to look forward to. We will be doing some stuff on current events. Um, if there's an issue that you would like me or uh, Jeff and I to tackle, and um, I, I'll just put this little tease out there. There is there is going to be another individual that joins me on a podcast at some point. May also join Jeff and I uh, at some point discussing current events. And so um, I would love suggestions for topics that we discuss, uh, whether we just stick to what's in the news or you want us to dive into a specific topic. I mean, for Jeff and I's purposes, we do, I, I think we do best with the current events if we just pick a topic and we dive into it and, and we sort of stick to that. I think that works for us, but I'm open to other suggestions as well. So again, thank you very much for listening. And as always, I'll talk to you again after a while.